Today's episode is presented by Clark's. Clark's story began almost 200 years ago when Cyrus and James Clark made a slipper from sheepskin. At the time, it was groundbreaking, a combination of invention and craftsmanship that's remained at the heart of what Clark's does. From the very beginning, Clark's has always thought differently. Brilliant ideas are what set Clark's apart. We're teaming up with Clark's and Podgo to bring you up to 30% off on select items, including on the iconic Clark's Desert Boot, by going to podgo.co forward slash Clark's. That's podgo.co forward slash Clark's. Podmoth. Hey everyone, my name is Eddie, producer, legend, and host of my Crunchy Podcast over on the Podmoth Media Network. If you're looking for something chaotic, somewhat messy, and very incomprehensible, then go stream my Crunchy Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So stop searching and start listening to all your new faves from the Podmoth Media Network team now. Do you see dead people? Not because you're a Bruce Willis superfan, but because visits with Gma got a little weird after her funeral. Are you often up at 3 a.m. googling the various ways in which bodies decompose? But you swear it's just harmless research. Are you the first of your friend group to go on a murder tour or rent a haunted location for the night? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Identity Podcast. Dear listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Identity Podcast on the Podmoth Media Network, your bi-weekly foray into the weird, wonky, and sometimes downright spooky. Before we get to today's topic, I wanted to take a moment to give a shout-out to all the great pods on the Podmoth Network. We've recently been working together to compile an archive of promos that can be either read or inserted into episodes to raise awareness for all the great podcasts we have on offer so you'll hear these promos cycling throughout the season. To check out the pods we have on offer, head on over to podmoth.network. There's lots of weird and wonderful pods to choose from, and I'm sure you'll enjoy them. Available now on bonfire.com is the Weird Together shirt. You can also grab a hoodie if that's your preference. Each shirt is made of soft premium fabric, a 50-50 cotton poly mix, and makes the perfect gift for that special weirdo in your life. As the shirt states, we are weird together, a family of weirdlings that's been keeping it weird and spooky since 2017. All proceeds from shirt sales go towards hosting costs and will help keep the weird coming for another year. You can find the Weird Together shirt at bonfire.com forward slash store forward slash OP merch. 
I'll also post a link in the show notes. This week I bring you the first-hand account of a dear friend of mine. Tommy is sensitive, and has had quite the experience in the home of one of his pet-sitting clients. His job sometimes includes staying at the residence of a client, and some of the things that he's experienced at the Belafonte estate will really make you scratch your head. Black mists and poltergeist-like activity were just a couple of the experiences that Tommy has had on this property. The names have been changed to protect the identity of the homeowners. And now, on with the show. The Belafonte family had booked another appointment with me to watch their family dog in the main estate while they took a rather lengthy family vacation. As always, we scheduled a visit to touch base and to see each other before they departed and left me and the estate and the dog. Mr. Belafonte had expressed his concerns that I was a smoker, and because of their yards being so close to others, he'd prefer me to smoke in the cellar and not let the neighbors see or smell it. I was given a short to-do list for things to get done while they were gone and hotel information. Nothing special or out of the ordinary for this particular family. The day moved on as normal. Things were smooth. I was having a great time on each of the visits I had with the family dog, Angel. While he ate dinner, I opened the cellar and took my first smoke break. The look of the cellar was basic and updated all at the same time. You could tell that it had an old-fashioned look and feel, but you could also very much tell that they'd done updates. As I had my smoke break, I discovered an urn that was located in the cellar wall towards the area of the cellar that was having a little more work done. The cellar wall had been damaged, causing the base to crumble, exposing a rather significant-sized hole. I thought to myself how odd that was to have an urn in the wall, but why this wasn't noticed until now. Why was this not part of the family urns on the mantle of the main estate living room area? I had mixed emotions and thoughts running through my head. Ultimately, I found that the urn being kept in the basement was rather cold and cruel. I decided to move it up with the others on the mantle. Several hours passed before I started feeling funny, and the atmosphere of the house changed entirely. It was cold. I was hearing things. Angel was hearing things. Even my dog was acting strangely. Not once did the urn come to my mind. It was understood that I would stay overnight and sleep at the family's estate each time that they had reservations with me. The night wasn't any different than before in regards to turning the house down for the night. I locked the doors, refilled the water bowls, pulled the blinds, and then turned the lights off. That night, I was having issues falling asleep. The dogs were having problems getting comfy, and I was too. I don't know if it was the temperature or finding an entertaining TV show, but something kept me restless. Eventually, I fell asleep. When I woke, I was experiencing severe sleep paralysis. This would be the first time that I'd experienced anything like this. I was unable to move anything but my eyes, and I was breathing heavily. I noticed the dogs were angry and following something I didn't see towards the staircase going back to the main house. I was in the third floor servants' quarters. It seemed like minute after minute went by before I was able to cough and move from the paralysis, but continued to cough for some time, eventually vomiting a gray substance. 
the animals were reacting to something on that staircase. I cleaned myself up and grabbed my robe and jacket. The dogs only stopped reacting to whatever was on the staircase when I did this. The dogs and I went down the servant's staircase and swung down the main staircase to the first floor when I'd noticed that the light was on. I knew that I'd turned it off before I went to bed. The temperature was very cold. I looked into the dining room to see that the kitchen lights were also on. Again, these were all turned off when I'd turned down the house for the evening. In the kitchen, every light was on and every cabinet door was open to the same angle exactly, 33 degrees. I measured it with a protractor. The refrigerator and oven doors were also open at the same angle, 33 degrees. I was a bit mad. I thought that maybe somebody else had had a key to the house and was playing a joke on me. I called the homeowners and they assured me that it was an odd thing to have happen and that I was the only one with house keys. They had given me the only copy they had, which was theirs. I was spooked. I went to grab my clothes to get fully dressed as I intended to just leave the house and take the dogs back home with me. As I headed back inside, I noticed that there was a black mist encompassing the cellar stairs area and the living room where the urn set. It was then that I realized by moving that urn, I must have disturbed something. I grabbed it and put it back in the cellar where I'd found it and turned the house down one last time before packing the dogs in the car. I went to start the car, and it just kept making clicking noises every time I would turn the key in the ignition. I tested it with my car kit to find that the alternator was blown. I had to call a tow truck and a family member to help me get my car out of there. And then shortly after I'd finally left the estate, the neighbor called asking if I was still there because she noticed lights turning off and on. To this day, I'm very nervous about being in that house. As a bit of a follow-up, the family was told about this experience and they pretty much laughed it off, saying that they'd never had experiences and they couldn't believe what they were hearing. The maid that the family had had for years walked out abruptly after an experience that she had, and Mrs. Belafonte had been diagnosed with cancer that has now been discovered to be terminal. The neighbors still call, telling me that they see those lights turning on and off by themselves. I've had paranormal experiences before. This is not new. Most would call me sensitive. This would be the first house that I can honestly say scared me more than any movie. Hola. Dude, what's up? Hi, how are you? <laughs> so I hope that the reception will be okay on, on the phone. Um, usually it's just Facebook Messenger that hates me. I don't understand oh. it. Yeah, I usually only use uh, Facebook Messenger because I'm a little hard of hearing, and so having the visual helps. Me too. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm actually half deaf in my right ear. Oh, yeah, um, there I you go. Earbuds, then I, can't, I can't hear any part of the conversation usually. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, I mean, for, for me, I, I usually just use it for the visual, but this audio seems fine. Um, I have my headset okay. on, so I'm, I'm good to go. Um, awesome. yeah, so I guess, you know, if, if we kind of want to start at the beginning, like before all of this craziness, um, that you sent me, um, just so that the, the listeners at home know, Tom sent me this just <laughs> crazy story about, um, this estate he 
you know, I, I don't know if, are you still taking care of the animal at that estate or no? Yeah, they are still a client of mine. Um, we, her and his wife did die earlier in the month from cancer. Oh, right. Um, so he's in a hiatus right now. I actually have a meeting in person with him this week to discuss. I, I, I'm thinking he's going to be going out of town again. Oh, sure. Okay. So I, and I want to make sure you folks and if the dog needs stuff like this, we're going to have the dog over by me then. I'm not going to be at that house. Yeah, I, you know, and, and re- reading what you sent me, I, I don't particularly blame you that you don't want to be at the house. Um, I have so- always been prone to these experiences, and most of my paranormal experiences have been very, not negative experiences, but this one was one of the few that huh. really highlighted that there possibly is something out there as energy in this world that we underestimate. Right. So, so this, this whole thing, it, it seems to have started when you removed an urn from the cellar. Can you tell us any more about that? Actually, um, the, the owner of the estate pretty much wanted all, if you smoke cigarettes, he wanted it done down in the cellar. They had right. very tiny yards that were very narrow to the neighbors where he didn't want people to smell smoke. So it was very weird about people even having cigarette smoke down in the cellar and when I was in the cellar having a cigarette I had decided to look around and I had noticed that there was this urn actually like in this part of a wall that was like crumbled apart at the face like maybe like they were remodeling at one point down there and that was just like the leftovers oh sure and something caught my eye of being shiny in there and I'm looking and there it is there's this urn and I said to myself, this is really creepy. Who is this? Why is this in a wall? Like, out of all places, like, <laughs> why would an urn be in a wall? Right. So I decided to move it upstairs to the mantle where everybody else was as far as urns that I believe that the family had. So, you know, the night went on. And things were oddly starting to kind of shape form that we were going to have an interesting night. Um, I, the first mm-hmm. sign was is that the door behind me to the patio closed when I was out with the dog mm. for a potty break. And when the door closed, it also had locked by itself as well. You know, and luckily I had the front door unlocked where I had to just walk around the house to get in. But, you know, I'm like, I know that I had that unlocked. You know, you know, you just start thinking about things and the lights that would come on in rooms that you know that you just were in and they were off. Wow. Weird, weird little things that would make you notice in, in the long term that something odd is going on. Yeah. You know, and then the, the animal behavior is really what really started showing me that something was going on. You know, it was late at night. It was about 11.30 before I started getting ready for bed. Um, and where we were sleeping, I cordoned off all the animals to be with me in that same room to sleep with me. And that's when in that middle of the night I woke up from that horrible, like what it felt like was a night terror, but when I woke up, I was unable to move. Like, I couldn't move my body. Like, I was coherent of what was going on around me. My eyeballs could move, but my, my body itself could not. Right. And I felt like an immense, like, loss of being able to breathe. Like, it was hard to breathe even. And it lasted for what seemed minutes, but I think really it was maybe less than a minute. Hmm. From all of that, 
is when I threw up, and there was, you know, it was a weird thing. And, and, and I felt so drained where I said to the animals, we're going to the kitchen. I'm going to, like, splash some water on my face. We're going to drink something, go out for a cigarette, maybe in the front. And when I got to the kitchen is when I noticed that the cupboards were all open. The refrigerator oh. was open. The stove was open. God. There was clear signs that <laughs> something was going on. And, you know, and there's nobody in that house other than me. I'm the only one that even had a key during that moment of being in that house to even have access in it. So I knew that there was something wrong. I was sick. I didn't feel well. And some other experiences that I've had that usually meant that, you know, maybe you got to remove yourself from that atmosphere and take a break from it. So right. I ended up calling some family to help me get the animals shipped over to my house. And it was an experience that was just the beginning every time I'm in that house. There are things that take place. People are always sick in that house. Um, yeah. It's just a weird atmosphere of vibes, but there's so many unknowns. And I, I, I think it's because of the urn. But yeah. after speaking more and more with the family, I think because of their busy lifestyles, maybe they just didn't notice it all the time before. And maybe it's always been there. Right. So is that is that something that, that you've experienced before, the, the sleep paralysis? Never. I've never had a sleep paralysis before where I couldn't like, uh, move or get out of bed or wake up normally. So huh. that was new, and I think that's why it freaked me out so much, because I've never had that happen before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, normally that's not something that just, like, happens. Well, you know, and like... That happened, I don't think cognitively in my brain I felt unsafe for that to even be an issue, like where my subconscious is coming out. Like, I thought about this, and, you know, it, it really boggles me because you go through all these things to debunk what you've seen and experienced, and at the end of this experience, me, I, I really can't debunk this because there's nothing that I can come up with that will be an answer for all of these things happening in those sequences. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a person that's also experienced sleep paralysis, but my sleep paralysis was related to other sleeping issues that I had. So, okay. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that sleep paralysis is, you know, not a thing because I've experienced it myself. Um, and when I say it doesn't just happen, I'm, I'm saying that it is usually related to other issues. You know, you have, you have insomnia or, um, you know, you have problems getting, you know, REM sleep. Um, there's something else going on there that's causing you to have that. But if you've never experienced it before and all of a sudden you're in this house, now it could be that you are in this house and it's a new environment and maybe that disrupted your sleep pattern and you had a weird experience. Um, I thought about that too, but then I also knew that this wasn't really the first time I was in these people's homes. This right. would just be the first time that I would be sleeping in the home where, you know, I'm like, did I feel afraid here? Was there something that spooked it and had a tone? And I'm like, not really. Like, And that's why I'm saying that that sleep paralysis never happened after that either. Yeah. I've never had that happen ever again after that. <sighs> Well, and you're having other experiences, too. You know, it's not just like, well, I had the sleep paralysis and I had a weird experience and whatever, everything else was normal. Um, it's, you know, like you're you're seeing shadows by the stairs and the animals are reacting and 
Um, you know, I, I think you said something about a black mist or something that was in the cellar. There, there was a black mist that hung around, and, and you felt like maybe it was just the lighting in the room that made you believe that that was like that. But mm. then at the end, you're like, no, like, this, there seems to be, like, something that you just see at moments where it's the corner of your eye where you're like, I know that I've seen something, like, where to go. Yeah. Where is it? And it was another time that I had that house during the uh, play date set up with that family's animal, and I brought another animal in for a play date, and this animal was very alert to that home from the moment we stepped into it. He was very nervous. He was very protective, and hmm. he had lunged up the stairs and looked, and you could see what he was following, and there was that black mist. He'd seen it, too. Oh, he, weird pushed everybody down the stairs with his butt and pretty much towards the door. He kept looking and barking at what he's seen, but walking backwards and trying to let us know, like, you're going to keep going backwards too. Hmm. And it was very dominant. And that's yeah. when it occurred to me through that, that, that moment that this is something that is here. Hmm. The animals can feel that and see that. I'm, I'm sensitive where I feel that something's there in. That is one thing I will always say, though, when I was in that home, is that always, you always felt that you were never alone, that there was somebody there with you, even though that you knew you were alone there. That was a feeling, mm. naturally, that I picked up always in that home. And you just got the feeling that it was just one person or one entity? You know, it was an energy. I'll go like in that direction. You know, it's okay. hard for me to say because the energy never really communicated other than the covers, the lights being turned on and on, um, the random hmm. myths that you see. It, it, it's never been a communication, but then I have to honestly say, I never tried to do like an electronic reading where yeah. I'm capturing sound. I never tried. I don't know that the family has ever had a team come in and try that either. Right. Yeah, I mean, that'd be interesting to, you know, kind of get some measurements and, and see, um, you know, if if there is something going on there. I mean, if, if they're not measuring it at all, I don't, I don't know. Right, and, and, and the only thing that I, I have ever done in a home was I keep a pendulum on me, and, you know, that, that day with the dog, that there was so much energy that that pendulum was even spinning to him. There, there was just things about that house that, you know, I'm still in research. I know that yeah. that neighborhood had two funeral home parlors within blocks of each other. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get historical pictures of that school mm -hmm. that it's across the street from in hopes that maybe one picture will show me something, tell me what that home was. Was it the funeral parlor? Right. Hmm. Because when I'm looking at what the Milwaukee Downtown Library is saying is that they very well possibly could have been a funeral home parlor, that one that I think it could be, off of the logistics of the house. Right. I mean, it's a beautiful home. It's, it's an old Victorian mansion. So, I mean, you have to think it's got beautiful woodwork, beautiful right. wood floors. The windows and the window sills itself are, are carved and hand done. So it's a beautiful mm. home. 
Yeah, I've often wondered about the um, the effort and the energy that goes into creating these old houses. Um, because like you said, I mean, you know, somebody, somebody made that banister, you know, it was handcrafted. Somebody, you know, did all the spindles. Um, you know, they, they carved the railing, you know, the things that generally, you know, if you walk into a house now, they might be prefab. Um, you know, there, there were people whose entire livelihoods were based around creating, you know, newel posts and, <laughs> You know, crafting wooden archways and doing all these, you know, decorative elements. Um, and I wonder how much of that energy kind of stays um, with the house. And, and that is something that's always fascinated me, too. That's been a question. Like, how much of that stays? Is there a likelihood that the craftsmen that built that home are there? Right. I mean, maybe they just, you know, they worked on this house. Maybe it was the first house that they'd ever worked on. Maybe it was one of hundreds of houses that they've worked on. But maybe it was, like... I don't know. I like, don't know. If it was a funeral home, then you have to put in life and all of that dimension. Oh, and, that's true. And, and realm to that. It could be a family member to a dead one that was there, a dead person there, a worker there. Like, all these things come out. There's, there's a lot of possibilities of energy. And yeah. not just from modern-day humans. Being there. Now, if we go back even further to the Native Americans, oh, right. you know, we learn a lot more even from the Native Americans that that was a area that was a popular, like, highway system. The trails of the Native Americans from as far as Green Bay all the way down through Kenosha and Racine. Right. Mm. So we put that in the equation, and there's a lot of things that you begin to wonder, and you know, maybe it's been a fear of mine what we could capture if we did, like, an audio recording down there, You what we would hear. Yeah. If we had set up a camera, what we would see. Well, I mean, so you said that you're not usually there. We have decided that, you know, since he's re-signed with, you know, me for, you know, the current year, um, that... I'm going to use a webcam to babysit the house, kind of, sort of, in oh, theory, sure. while I'm not there. Um, right. I'm going to set up some webcams throughout the house, and I I think that I'm going to let them run and continuously and record continuously to see if things can be seen and detected. Yeah. Now, the things that I like about these webcams is it's just not the audio and the visual quality that it's the ability for these webcams to actually be motion detected and controlled where you will see these cameras follow things like they will keep moving around and they will keep moving with what it sees oh wow okay and it's got the night vision and you know we use these a lot for my business with the pets and stuff so right um, you know at night i want to make sure if i got somebody's you know animal alone at their own home I, I, I use them to zap in and be like, okay, what you doing? You sleeping or you have to move in? Do I need to get to my appointment with you a little early? Right. You know, yeah. so that comes in handy a lot. And it comes in handy when you want to maybe pick up stuff that might not be the dog. Yeah. So the other question that I had, um, and I mean, you you know, obviously there's there's no way for you to know this or not. Um, but just kind of like, in your opinion, you don't think that the cancer that afflicted the lady who lived in the house was related to the activity at all? 
Or was that something that she was dealing with, like, for a long time, or? I would say the last two and a half years have been that for her. Okay. Um, and this has been going on much longer, I would suppose, okay. than that. So, you know, as far as what's going on in that house, so. Yeah. And then you mentioned something at the very end of um, what you sent me, that, that wonderful um, <laughs> typed-up account of everything, um, that there was a maid that had left just inexplicably. There was a, a gal that they had that would come and, and check in while I was there with the dogs, and there was a moment in the day that she ran out that house and she was gone. And I had no idea what happened. I know that she left. I've seen her leave the house. I was actually in the living room picking up after the dog, and she booked it out of there. And it was crazy. Like, you you see this woman running, and I'm looking around the house, and like, A, I didn't hear anything. Two, I didn't see anything. <laughs> the animals are right by me acting just fine. So I'm like, what what's going on here? Right. So, you know, 20 minutes go by, you know, the police show up. To, to grab her purse because she got her purse out the house because she ran that click from it. Wait, the police and, showed up? Yeah, the police came to go get her purse. And, you know, the police even were very puzzled by, you know, the storyline that she gave. And I said, you know, I don't want you guys to tell me anything. If she wants to talk about it, then it cannot be here. You know, I'll go meet her somewhere. But, you know, I do want to know what happened, what made her right. leave, and what I would tell, you know, her bosses so she ran out of the house and called the police yep. i mean <laughs> okay and, you know, I, we adam adam respect you know i said you know if y'all want to come through look at the house so let's go do it together you know because i'm right. kind of freaked out now too a little bit yeah, right. you know and now that they're there i'm like i feel a little bit better that we've got <laughs> more people and witnesses so I was like, let's, you know, go through the whole estate and take a look. So we did, and everything was what I thought normal. Huh. And then, you know, later on that afternoon and night, you know, I get called from the neighbor. You know, Tommy, are you are you over there? No, I'm not. We've already discussed that, you know, how that goes when, you know, I'm in control of the animals over there now. Like, we do a little different setup, and I'm not there at night. Right. Um, and she goes, well, the lights are turning on and off by themselves. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Just note that down, and when you see the owner, you let them know that you've seen that too now. Wow. And like I said, I think because of the busy lifestyle that they had, um, the important jobs that they carried, and, 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 and all, they may not have noticed all of the little things that others that spent more time in that home noticed. Oh, sure. I could logically very well believe that. Yeah. Um, so before I stop recording, do you want to do like a little promo for your business? Because I know that I have listeners in Milwaukee that have pets. We are the Critter Concierge, and we do animal care, pet care, nursing care, and transport. Um, we can find more information about the Critter Concierge and our services at www.critterconcierge.com. And that would be spelled with K's, K-R-I-T-T-E-R-K-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking some time this morning. Like I said, I know you're a you're a busy dude. You got a lot on your plate. Uh, but I really appreciate it. And I'm sure that my listeners will appreciate it as well. So thank you. 
right. I'm excited for you and your listeners, and I'm excited to hear the, the final edits and all that. That's it for this week, dear listeners. Until next time, stay spooky. Enjoy what you've heard? Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash pod to drop a donation into my tip jar. Thank you for your support. The Identity Podcast is brought to you by host Janine Mercer. It's written, produced, and edited by Janine Mercer, unless otherwise stated, and the music is created using GarageBand. The podcast is available on Twitter and Instagram at IdentityPod, and on Facebook as The Identity Podcast. If you'd like a transcript of this episode, one will be available at theidentitypodcast.wordpress.com. Sincerest thanks to all who have promoted the podcast to their family, friends, and coworkers. Every little bit helps.